Hey there, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? How's Barcelona? Barcelona. Are you in, in Barcelona? Is that how they, they? That is how they say it, huh? With like a weird lispy Barcelona. th. Mm-hmm. Barcelona. They also say Ibiza instead of Ibiza, Ibiza. Mm-hmm. which is how it's spelled. But there's no z in Barcelona. <laughs> in Italian, it would be Ibiza with like a tz sound. Ibiza. Ibiza. Mm. Like pizza. It's beautiful here. I've been very, very lucky. I think with the weather, like every other day has been a bit cold and rainy, probably with mid forties or something, but like no sun and rainy. So it feels a little cold, but then other days it's been like 65 and partly cloudy with some sun, which is perfect. Nice. And that's what I'm looking at today. I'm in my Airbnb right now. And, uh, this is my second place. The first place I stayed was in Madrid for last week. I shot three sessions I was there for four days. So it's been okay. a really, really action-packed trip. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what brings you over to, um, you know, across the, uh, the pond, as it were? Yeah. Well, Aftershoot was um, kind enough to send me over to a conference here to uh, talk cool. about artificial AI uh, editing using their app and just the entire marketplace and idea of artificial intelligence for photographers. And uh, there's a conference here that's really huge. I think there's like 600 people. Uh, it's Whoa. called Bo- Bodaf or Boda F, uh, which is like wedding in Spanish. Boda, okay. I believe is Boda. wedding. That's the deal. So I'm here for that. Uh, tomorrow I'm doing a live shoot, small group thing uh, with a couple and maybe 15 people. It's kind of like a one hour workshop. And then, whoop, and then, uh, my big talk is Wednesday. It's just an hour. There's a bunch of speakers. And cool. then I come back home Thursday, shoot a wedding Saturday. So All right. Nice. <laughs> really fun. Really fun. fun. Lots of really good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, people generally speak English pretty well, so it's easy to you know know what I'm eating. I've been a lot more adventurous <laughs> with food here than, uh, than I usually am in terms of seafood That's options. good to hear. Yeah. I ate some squid. That was weird. Okay. And uh, yeah, I figured you'd be proud of me for that. Oh yeah. Very, and, yeah, uh, very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's been good, but, uh, the jet lag has been brutal. It's a six hour time change. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm slowly waking up a little earlier every day, but I've been going to bed at like 4am some nights cause I can't sleep. I'll try sure. and go to bed at like 10, but I can't until four cause that's like 10 o'clock at home. Right. Yeah. And so it just screws you. But it's okay. Whenever I'm ne- like middle of the day, like right now talking to you uh, is when most of my sessions have started and stuff like that. I've been very awake. Um, I've also, uh, this was like, I'll show you this new camera I've been using. Oh, cool. Uh, this was a good crash course in making sure this would work. So I've tried all kinds of like um, behind the scenes footage camera for Instagram reels or Patreon behind the scenes content, whatever. Like GoPro and stuff. Yeah. Happy with all of them for different reasons, but the battery life on my most recent one, which would let you do post editing 16 by 19 or or 16 by nine or nine by 16 editing in post, which is super useful to go from something for YouTube versus something for Instagram. Awesome camera, but it's really tiny. And so you'd have to remember, um, it would have about maybe 40 minutes of recording time, but that's not enough to just hit record and leave it. Uh, because right. sessions are usually longer than that. By the second half of it, the battery's totally dead. So yeah. it, I got good at like remembering to hit record and then stopping, but it's just that extra mental friction of having yeah, to remember, you, like, oh, this might be a cool photo. 
let me turn on my recorder. Right, right. Now let me figure out. It sucks. So this camera, same company, and I've actually owned this for like two years. I bought it when it came out and I actually owned two of them because I accidentally bought two and uh, sold one or gave it away actually to somebody uh, and just had this sitting around forever and realized this is the exact same thing. Um, It's a 360 camera. Sure. So it's got lenses on the other side. I thought the other one was also a 360 camera. No, it's a like 150 degree or something. So it captures a full circle of everything facing in front of it. This captures a full entire circle, everything in front of it and behind it and seamlessly stitches them together. So I thought I can't really use this because this is too big to mount on anything. Mm -hmm. But what's awesome, I don't have my sling bag close enough, but on my sling bag, it's a really thick, beefy, I think that's one of the reasons you like it as well. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the Think Tank bag. It's a really thick, beefy um, shoulder harness. And it I can just Velcro it right on that. And it blends in because it's black. And it's hardly noticeable. And I wear it right here in the middle of my chest. And yeah, I lose the entire backside of the 360 view. But I still get sure. the exact same perspective as my other camera that I was using. And this thing has a swappable battery and a two-hour straight battery life of recording without having awesome. to swap anything plus it's swappable if i needed to real quick cool. so pretty exciting I, I haven't actually done anything with the footage yet but i've captured three sessions worth uh so i'm gonna play around with that today and, Do you, and it doesn't get like get in your way and, yeah it doesn't really Not like get all. in your way when you're shooting uh, cool. i'll just show you since we're doing video sure for all the audio listeners out there um sam is now left his chair nathan and i are coming are back forever since i think we started right you and i have been permanently happy ish mostly happy in the sling bag shoulder sling yep. bag world we do not yep. use special camera straps or any of that crap yeah uh, we just carry too. lenses in our sling bag yeah i just yeah I, this thing has been actually the zipper on this has been like i'm pretty much broken well the 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 um what is this thing? Your think the, tank turnstile? The oh. zipper thing for this has been broken on one side, but on the other side, it's fine. And um, I have used this for like at least five years, maybe longer. I don't know, yeah, six it's maybe. A wonderful bag. It's so, I still prefer so it in terms of feel and function, but uh, I don't like the way it looks on my back. Right. This one, which is the in-case uh, kind of equivalent, that's the brand, mm-hmm. I... It works well enough and feels good enough, but looks really good. So I just, it's like the best balance. So what's interesting, this actually has this really chunky, awesome little holster. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I thought that would be perfect. Unfortunately, it's too high. And the first footage I captured, you see like half of it is just my cheek. It's like my gray beard neck hair. So I I just have like one of those cable organizers. I don't know where that is, but it's just a Velcro, black Velcro strap. And I instead it just mounts down here and it's totally not in the way. Um, And down here, it doesn't capture too much of my face and it gets everything Mm -hmm. on the ground in front of me perfectly. Awesome. awesome. Does it secure, you know, enough to where it's not going to like fly off and break? Totally. Yep. Cool. Nope. It's super tight. And then because it's like a bulbous lens here, mm-hmm. if it does inch itself close, it like catches. It's yeah, okay. not going to, maybe if I turn the bag upside down, it might fly out, but it's pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing that I did was attach a rubber band to the 
Velcro oh, strap okay. that I'm using. So it's got a Perfect. nice thick rubbery friction yeah. on top of being Velcro attached. So it's all good. Cool. Very, very happy. And again, like the battery life, I don't have to worry about it. That's the big thing. The mental friction, like this footage is so helpful for teaching and for self-promotion on reels. Even if you're te- just using reels or TikTok, I suppose, for teaching, it still pulls in new clients who know nothing about photography, but like to right. see the behind the scenes because they're like, oh shit, look what he did with that. It's very good marketing across the board. Everyone should do it. Find a way that it removes as much friction as it possibly can. Ideally, you could get away with just wearing like a helmet cam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would probably be the best perspective, but you would look like a fool. <laughs> a fool. You could put it on the camera itself, but then this is too big, especially on the R3. Yeah. That's already such a big camera. Yeah, this that's true. Way too big. Because uh, you'd have to, it doesn't have a hot shoe mount. You'd have to screw in a hot shoe and then mount it. No. No, that's annoying. It's perfect. It's really comfortable on my on my strap, truly. So been happy to discover that and play with it. Uh, admittedly, I haven't actually literally edited all the footage from it yet. I've just looked at it. And it looks like it'll be fine. You never I'm know sure, for sure until something's, you know, the end product, but it'll be good. Um, and what's great is the the studio, the soft. So it's a special video file because it's a 360 capture. It's not like an MP4. It's something else, like a proprietary file, which yeah. is kind of annoying, but it's totally necessary because it saves the stabilization metadata within the file itself. They couldn't do that with an MP4 huh. or like a, a MOV file. So it has a special... Insta360 branded studio to bring in the footage and it actually makes it really easy to create like um, object tracking. Like you can say, just track this face or just track this whatever. And it will slowly pan and scan from Mm -hmm. the entirety of the front. And this, in my case, the front facing footage only, it'll pan and scan and follow that thing zooming in automatically and it's 5k footage so you can zoom in oh wow and do that without getting pixelization unless that you really had to cool. scan, zoom yeah yeah it's yeah. wonderful so highly recommend this it's been out for a few years so i wouldn't be shocked if they create a newer update at some point this is already the second version of this camera insta 360 one x2 which is just the stupidest name ever but <laughs> one x oh yeah did you get the new insta 360 one x2 what about the uh, insta 360 one x you know three special pro two yeah <laughs> We're getting into a crazy time. I'm sorry. We're getting into such a crazy time period of naming. Uh, We are. Like technology. It's inevitable because you can't just go one, two, three. You can't. Because, you know, 30 years into the iteration of something, you're you're like at Apple with their Mac OS version 10 point. Mac OS X version 10.15, 12.3 is Monterey, whatever. It's so silly. But I do actually like Apple's solution to just pick a, a place. A location as the name yeah. of the OS. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. At least um, on their marketing materials. Yeah, but then on their actual computers, it's just bizarre, um, or at least has been in the past. Like MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, MacBook, MacBook. MacBook. Just the MacBook was the one and port. Like, like, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know. Um, so how's your life? I just talked for a long time. What have you been up to? <laughs> it's um, been about a month since we podcasted. So there's yeah, war. We can talk about war. We can talk about we can talk uh, about war. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, it's well, it must be a little bit weird uh, being you know significantly closer to the war that is happening in the world. Um, I am on the continent that it's occurring. You're right. You're you're on the continent. If I 
Has there been anything uh, about like refugees coming into Spain at all? There's a lot of random graffiti and signage. Uh, I haven't seen any protests or anything like that. Um, And the general mood and attitude seems not distracted at all by it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it comes up in passing and people are clearly concerned and what have you. But nothing walking around without following the news. You would never know that such a crazy yet another once in a lifetime how many once in a lifetime events have occurred in our lifetime now? A lot, a lot. We're talking. I mean, yeah. I saw a great tweet that was like, I saw a great tweet recently that was like, "Oh man, like our parents really, really got like had it good for a while. Like they didn't have to deal with um, any of the like financial things that we're having to deal with. Um, they." They sort of had the they had the Vietnam War, so that's fine. That's that's what that was. Um, but they, like, they could buy a house. They could like, I don't know. They didn't have to deal with like a absurd like pandemic. Um, and I don't know. It's just it's just weird to think of like how much stuff has happened just in the last. Literally, like, well, twenty years. Fine, since nine eleven, we could we could start with nine eleven. I think can, that maybe, was. Aside from like a really insane once in a lifetime ice storm that I grew up in the mid nineties, I think it was like 1993. I don't know if you had Mm -hmm. that. It was in Virginia and like most of the East coast. Well, there's like three weeks without power. Well, there's a blizzard of 96. Was that the one or there was also one in 93. There was a couple of blizzards. I think maybe there was 93 and 96, but I know for sure the blizzard of 96 was like, that was the big one. That's the one where, (laughs) that's the one where when I was a kid, I, I, I built like a snow fort in the front of my house and um, trucks were coming by. This is like a weekend. The trucks were coming by to start clearing stuff. And me and my friend had the genius idea to start throwing snowballs uh, at the truck drivers. Um, that were <gasps> One big, they didn't like that. big snow truck came through and we like, I threw this snowball and like, it was, it was perfect um, in terms of accuracy it went in through his open window right past his face oh into God. the truck. He slammed on the brakes, jumped out, and started running after us. And I was like, oh, my God. And me and my <laughs> friend just ran into the backyard, and I was in so much trouble. Oh, did was, he find your parents or something? He or talked to my mom, yeah. Oh, mm, yeah. Yeah, and I was, in, I was in trouble for, for many days. That's the thing as a kid when before you drive and before you've got a fully developed brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I remember I also similarly got in trouble for, you know, what I thought was fine to throw little acorns under cars passing me at my bus stop. I would just sure. throw these acorns underneath cars <laughs> and they would hit yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, what's... or they would, or they wouldn't, and the acorn would like yeah. rattle around underneath and the right. car would move on. And uh, I got in super big trouble because uh, people thought they were rocks. Uh, And they probably sounded like rocks and acorns Mm -hmm. can still definitely dent a car. And uh, either way, uh, I'm shocked nobody stopped in the moment to like pull over and, hey, stop. They just called uh, my principal. There's some child that is throwing rocks under my Mercedes Benz. They must have called like every school. Because they didn't get my name or info. I got on the bus, went to school like an hour into 
the day no. the principal comes on the announcement. No. Sam heard come to oh, campus. Oh no! And they've been oh, getting no. calls like from people all morning. I was like, oh my gosh! Oh no! A celebrity at 10. Um, but then you hear about these horrifying stories of kids doing that with rocks off yeah. of like overpasses and yeah, killing yeah. people instantly. It's like, oh my mm-hmm. God. Oof. Scary. Um, so, okay. So, but yeah, since 9-11, we really have had, we've had a lot to deal with. I mean, I don't know that I, I can, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get a comparison war between like people from like 1911 who had to deal with the World War One. But there's been Space a lot blue. going on. There's been a mm-hmm. lot going on. We've had wars that we've started as the United States. We've we've had um, pandemics. We've had um, ecological disasters. Katrina. We've had mm-hmm. yep. We've had natural disasters. We've had man-made disasters. We've got um, I don't know. We got I, we got I, Yellowstone ready to blow any moment. Climate change in general, it's pretty stressful to think about. I will say I'm still quite happy to not have, I think in one way people are way more knowledgeable now about uh, nukes than maybe when our parents were growing up. But I'm I'm grateful to be spared from that part of time when people didn't know uh, what the likelihood of being, you know, struck by a nuclear weapon during the Cold War and actually had to practice drills of like trying to protect yourself from a nuclear blast somehow like okay Um, uh glad that was not a reality for us so far at least but i did think it was interesting just this past week i was like yeah you know nathan i've had a a bit of an enlightenment about uh, why building nuclear power plants as safe as they might be can't account for war and somebody you know like some crazy country deciding to just attack a nuclear power plant and then use that as a nuclear attack and say, yeah. it, you know, kind of indirectly. And then like three days later, Russia, <laughs> like, like I had the realization when they captured Chernobyl. I was, yes. I was talking to you about it that day. Mm-hmm. And then like three mm-hmm. days later, Russia's actively shelling a fucking nuclear, active nuclear power plant, not Chernobyl. Yeah. Yep. And the well, biggest or the second dude, biggest in Europe. The craziest God. part about that too, is there's some footage I'm sure you've either seen or heard about it. Um, of inside the control room uh, while the shelling was going on and no, over the louds. Okay. Well, basically what's happening is it's just some like, you know, some like, you know, engineers just like kind of like frantically sort of like running around and like checking doors and things like that. But over what the, do we do? the, what do we do? The craziest. Yeah. Cause it's just like a bunch of, you know, like dudes and like, there's nothing in the know, book for this. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, um, okay. But over the loudspeaker is the craziest thing in Ukrainian or maybe no it's in Russian I guess somebody is on the loudspeaker saying like to the entire complex please stop shelling this facility you're endangering the safety of the entire planet mm-hmm. um just over and over like you are you are you are dangerously close to endangering and I, and the I have Earth. to say aside from the people working in the plant the next most dangered people are the ones firing that those shells. I mean, they might as well be like turning and pointing the guns at themselves. Absolutely. (laughs) And firing, firing randomly scattershot and just hope that they, it's like the same logic. I don't understand. It's so bizarre. Yeah. I don't uh, know. A lot of, a lot of what's happening in this war makes no sense at all. I don't understand why the Russian air force has not completely dominated the skies 
still they are not really able to be effective, um, which I think is part of the reason why they haven't made so many gains is because they do not have adequate air cover, which is cool. It seems um, like a lot of their, their strength in military was a facade or, uh, you know, sort of stuck in time mm -hmm. from a period when things were maintained well and newer in terms mm -hmm. of equipment and did not, wasn't maintained and didn't keep up with modernization. Right. And I don't know what else, but it seems, I don't know. I'm also a little concerned that we're being subjected to propaganda from sure. the West side just of like one how pathetic Russia least. is because right. I could see Russia doing the exact same thing of like, we're dominating. Like, look how stupid Ukrainians are. Like, I do want like everything I see, it's like, wow, Russia is really not, they're not progressing quickly. Right. But not to mention okay, this, maybe that's now, to keep morale high there. That's true. But, and think something to understand also is that this would not be the first time, like if, if Russia does, you know, start like actually making significant gains and like takes over the country or whatever, it would not be the first time that the Russian military has gone off to a, a abysmal start at the beginning of a campaign and then like kind of like got their act together. And that same thing happened in World War One and World War II. Um, where they were just, they were getting clobbered um, for, you know, years, like basically like the first start of, of the, those wars and then kind of like figured out what to do after that. So, but I feel like a lot of, that I don't know, sheer people, men, yeah, numbers, they yeah. just keep like throwing them, throwing them at the problem until, I mean, you look at the, did you ever see that viral YouTube video? Still blows my mind of the, um, they like account each little stick figure is mm -hmm. like a hundred people or something, mm -hmm. which is already crazy. Like one little stick figure represents a hundred people. And then they tally mm -hmm. up the various countries, uh, deaths throughout world war two. Mm -hmm. Did you ever see it? It's like a black background and each country has a color. Mm -hmm. Okay. Russia is a red color with a little stick figure. Yeah. And it's like, here are the U S losses, Germany, France, all that. And then it gets to Russia. Mm -hmm. and it just starts to fill the screen and then the screen mm -hmm. starts scrolling oh my god and it's scrolling and it's scrolling and it's scrolling and it's scrolling and it's yeah. like 30 million people worth of little stick figures Awful. which was like 100x anybody else even close i think germany would have been the next most it's insane how many people uh they lost uh to win and maintain their yeah. country from germany it's crazy yeah Pretty um, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Um, I'm just uh, really hoping that um, something drastic happens to stop well, this you know, whole I, thing. Well, I have from a couple of photographers uh, that are friends of mine, uh, not direct, but through social media. I don't know them personally super well, but I have talked to them for years, you know, about photography, and they live in Russia, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. they're they're pretty freaking terrified and like desperate to leave it's tough though if you wanted to leave the country as a russian citizen the you have to physically get across the border and then get to um a uh you know facility i guess they it would be like a diplomatic facility somewhere in another country mm -hmm. the problem is most countries won't let you in um because of COVID to begin with, this is just right. one of many, many problems for Russian citizens to, to try and escape or do anything, 
to push back. They can't mm-hmm. leave because the Sputnik vaccine, though it is actually good, it's not who approved. So they're sort of right. locked in. And, and Russia doesn't mm-hmm. let uh, American you know, Pfizer and European vaccines, AstraZeneca, that they don't really let them into the country in any big numbers for people to get. Mm-hmm. So just to like legally get across in any way, if you could afford it or what have you, you can't. If you might not be able to because you got vaccine. the wrong vaccine. That's it. That's just problem one. Not, Not to mention, mention yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my friend was like trying to buy an R6 soon. And he was like, oh, yeah, I literally woke up on Monday and it's $5,000 now. Like the equivalent yeah. of $5,000 for them because they're the value against the dollar and everything else. Uh, they're rubles or whatever. Ruble. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Ruble. a B or a P. B. Completely crashed, obviously. Like it's bad. Real bad for their yeah. economy. So, Dude. Yeah, that's... It's wild. It's also really frustrating to see so many people pivot on a dime from being so, you know, seemingly well-versed and knowledgeable about COVID and like COVID is the topic of the day and it's mm-hmm. all political COVID yep. rhetoric. God, yeah, everyone's sick of it. And then these exact same people now are like experts in in ukrainian russian foreign affairs and like you know just tossing blame it's it's also fascinating to see so many what i would say now obvious uh russian sort of agents that have infiltrated american politics like try and do the mental gymnastics to like make it uh biden's fault or something (laughs) yeah that that to me is insanity uh, anyway, I can't, I can't, I can't handle it. I'm getting it's, yeah. so angry, but, uh, yeah, exactly. People who were, you know, previously like thought of themselves as experts on whatever political related issue to COVID are now mm-hmm. perfectly capable of commentating on, uh, you know, a, a war that nobody thought was going to happen. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, the, the internet has created a millions, maybe billions of armchair experts uh, that are getting a lot of their opinions from little tiny text boxes of funny um, words and funny sentences that may or may not have anything to do with reality. Um, And I don't know if that's a bad thing in and of itself, but it sure seems like people are just kind of like doing the minimum to say whatever, you know, spout whatever their worldview is and then be out yeah. when the next thing happens. So I'm also sort of grateful that this, this you know, a war, which is pretty much worst case scenario, uh, is occurring now instead of another five or 10 years from now, mm-hmm. simply because things like deep fakes can still be oh yeah fairly easily and quickly identified as such but mm-hmm. it's still impressive how many like literally video game renders looked real enough that people kind of yes. like pixelated it made it look like it was handheld footage and said like oh look at this fighter being shot down and people were like yeah. actually this is video this is from a video game it's from uh, it's yeah, kind of crazy simulator but imagine another 5 or 10 years from now when it's completely indistinguishable from an actual film and how tough it would be to, to know the truth and, and push back against that. Uh, it's kind of crazy. And I'm yeah. glad 
in a, in a sense that we're still limited in terms of what the technology is able to do. But pretty scary to think if there is a, another war sometime or if this carries on for long enough, uh, how they will create just completely fake footage that yeah, everybody it's believes gonna is be- real. Right. I think that's that's an interesting uh, facet of the war is that like, or war in general, I guess, um, is that there's always been propaganda, but I feel like, yeah, you're right. Within the next, within the next five years, 10 years, there's going to be the ability to completely manufacture um, almost any type of scenario um, or perspective that you want. Um, and spout it off as as reality. Um, and there's always been propaganda, but actual media content from right. boots on the ground. I mean, Vietnam, to my knowledge, was one of the first to really have f- photos. And, yes, and to have. There were, like, I mean, well, in real time. award-winning, yeah. in mm-hmm. basically real time. Right, yeah, sorry, in real time. From, mm-hmm. you know, reporters that were credited and generally thought to be trustworthy. And the, the there were countless photos uh, that when people saw the picture didn't literally didn't matter what the article said. They, right. That's why there was so much controversy and pushback and protest. One or the many interesting about Vietnam uh, because of those powerful, powerful photos. Yeah. Now I, I got to say, I'm also quite concerned that I'm not on TikTok, but I'm very concerned that a communist controlled and owned China mm-hmm. uh, media platform mm-hmm. is crafting the, using their algorithms, the narrative of what they want everybody on TikTok to see. Uh, and yes. the Chinese version of TikTok is completely different than the rest of the world's version of TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, now, I don't know how it actually relates to war, but one example that I find very interesting is Chinese um, kids that are on it uh, past a certain age, what have you. I don't, know, I don't know how they localize it, but Essentially, kids in China, first of all, uh, all gaming and social media interaction, especially TikTok, stops. It completely shuts off past a certain time. Uh, So they can't be on it 24-7. And Mm. the algorithm um, slants heavily toward really positive, uplifting, constructive, like educational TikToks, like self um, things you would generally think are actually really what you would want in society, like people being successful and trying things that are working really hard in their studies and like getting good grades. Like those types of TikToks are forced to go viral because China is forcing their trying to, I don't know if it's going to work, but they are trying to force their, the minds of their kids to have a healthier perspective and a really positive opinion of China in general as a country, as a society, it's all positive Right. versus, you know, what you see in the US or in Western TikToks. Yeah, this. It's like mind garbage. Yeah, it's it's rotting of the mind through video. It's insanely bad. I, I think rotting the of fact, the mind. Yeah, it feels like, okay, this must be it's good to have the info and see perhaps what feels like uncurated behind the scenes footage of a war occurring between Russia and Ukraine. But this is all completely controlled by China. This is insane to me. And I think it absolutely, I think the internet in general, until the technology exists to somehow authenticate who is watching what on the internet. And I have no idea how that's ever going to be possible. I think, I think it should be completely banned. I think social media in general should be heavily restricted. Uh, I think something like porn should also be, 
insanely heavily regulated until yeah. there is such a way for technology to authenticate that this is actually an adult. This is an adult making the decision to watch it. Right now, we there's no way to know. There's and no way to know. Everyone knows that 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 13 to 18 year old like check mark. Are you over 13? Yeah, but they're nine years old on TikTok. That's right. insane to me. And it should stop until that is heavily regulated or the technology exists to authenticate how some how old somebody is. That's true. But the other thing about the internet that being too yes, extreme definitely. in this opinion. No, 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 not at all. I think that that's actually really interesting. And um, a, a funny example of that actually is um, so I, I feel like sort of relatedly that like social media is is like a is like a completely new facet of the internet. Um, back when the internet was just first starting, it was a lot of these little secluded little um, communities, and like uh, there were boards. of course there there were message boards, there were chat rooms, there were things like that. Um, but there were also these little communities that came together from completely independent websites. There weren't like, you know, it wasn't like somebody big controlling like the top like twenty you know websites. Um, yeah. um, you know, everywhere. Whereas now you, the internet is used for, you know, like with Google, Facebook and Amazon web services powers, everything. And with like TikTok, you know, well, with Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, the internet is basically owned by a, a few companies. That's, that's at this point. Um, but one yeah. thing that I found really fun, uh, was the other night, Abby was like looking up some stuff online and she found this like Dracula type count guy with like suit on and like the face makeup talking about scary movies. It was his little show, this completely ridiculous independent little show uh, where he was like, I am introducing like the scariest movie of 2022. Then he had his like niece come on and like he was going to like hang out with his niece for like a week and like, but then he introduced the movie that everyone was going to watch very mystery science theater ish um, in many ways, but it, it got me thinking like back to, I don't know, the old days of the internet where like there were these just weird websites that people knew about like Homestar runner or like, or like uh, Homestar runner. Yeah. Yeah. Or like um, what's, what's the one rusty spoon salad fingers. Um, a, a lot of cool little weird websites that um, I just, I love that. Like, knowing about certain little weird websites out there and it's so few and far between now because everything sort of funnels so like you could yeah. you could say like that person at this point if you weren't doing his own show would easily just be funneled into instagram and youtube yes. and become a twitch streamer and it's easy to do that and it's it may even be lucrative to do that but then you're part of the system too so i, I don't know like i I just, when I saw this video and I saw this guy making these little funny videos, I just remembered a time when the internet was a place where you could sort of just stumble upon cool things that weren't all just TikToks. And Agreed. I think that's still out there. I still think it still exists. Uh, but you're right. A lot of it is scooped up into... Yeah, would have otherwise been an amazing blog to follow is just an Instagram sure. account now. <laughs> sure. And uh and a you know would have been you know a, a fantastic series of like home made films. I remember mm -hmm. when we were in college, uh one went viral 
of a, a director debut making a short film of Batman. And it was like mm-hmm. super dark. It was, it was like dark night, 10 years mm-hmm. before Nolan or like five years before Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Made dark night. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it, the, the actor that played Joker, it was like amazing. And this video just went viral it's through really familiar. Uh, torrents, like, you know, the decentralized, cool. mostly decentralized technology of BitTorrents and mm-hmm. streaming through that, awesome. you know, but I, I do think there is some, some ability for not to get too much into this side of current internet stuff, but I do think crypto, uh, certain crypto technologies will provide, um, a newer way to one fight to, to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, fight against deep fakes because, mm-hmm. uh, certain blockchains, the blockchain in general, I don't know about Bitcoin. It's, I, I hate thinking about it as an exchange or a store of value or a way to exchange money. I think that's ridiculous mm-hmm. at its core crypto can in the blockchain technology in general can have the digital equivalent of having a coin in your pocket. You know who it belongs to, you know where it is, it is secure. And sure. so I think it can, uh, um, provide a way to solve the issue of deep fakes um, from a reputable sure. news organization or a person like being able to tap, drill down to the original source of a, a piece of media content through the blockchain is totally possible. And I think that could work. I also feel like technology Isn't, technically is at this okay. stage. Go ahead. Well, what I was about to say is, is that not technically NFTs? It is. Yeah, it's an NFT. Basically, that's NFTs. It's a way of, but but it's it, you're saying you're you're saying instead of having something where it's a piece of creative content that is created and then assigned a number, you could take anything and assign it um, a, a blockchain value. Um, yeah, and that but could NFTs be, are mostly like serve as its thing. authentication. The the, the idea of and it, NFT is just, as far as I understand it, uh, it's just an attached like web address mapped to a cryptocurrency address, which is mm-hmm. something that's kind of always existed since, since crypto. I mean, maybe not Bitcoin, but other blockchains like uh, ETH, Ethereum, all of that, like they have like these contracts that are assigned to the node on the blockchain. And those mm-hmm. contracts can, they're literally like contracts, like agreements, like embedded text, they can be web links. Whatever that so NFTs, I think, are just like the modern day marketing of something that actually has already existed the whole time. Sure. Uh, but these NFT branded marketplaces were were made like actual websites to sell and buy these attached digital goods in a way mm-hmm. that didn't exist. People get way too caught up though in the financial like bubble of crypto that I think is so far really hurting the potential of the technology to be widely adopted in a way mm-hmm. that's actually functional to to be able to secure securely transfer things and not have it be about like some scammy right crime riddled like pyramid scheme of you know confusion <laughs> um, but you know <laughs> at the same time, um, i was gonna say the, the you know i think right now like they're they're apple uh using face id or any other type of biometric type of um authentication could somehow create, I think, a very secure mainstream option for, again, authenticating that somebody trying to access something on an Apple device is an adult uh, when they need to be. And I think they could even, they could 
completely roll could, something out that implements that into the entire internet that's accessed through Safari or any app. Could I app have? Store. It's kind of crazy. Could I have a blockchain address? Could Nathan Mitchell be an NFT? Could I assign myself an Ethereum number and be bought and sold? Or could I, or be not by I mean, sold, but your name authenticated. It have to be like a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you probably could. You you could. I could be authenticated. Something. Yeah, perhaps. Why can't I? Why can't I be? You can, you an can NFT? also create uh, uh, your own cryptocurrency on something like the Ethereum network. Sure. I don't know if you remember back in like 2017. I made a currency. It's super easy. Yeah, I do, remember. Uh, yeah, piggybacking off of certain ones. I made like fifty thousand coins of. Uh, I can't remember what it was. What, what I call Did they ever it? go anywhere? Are they out there somewhere? I have not. Yeah, watch. Somebody's like bought and sold them into like billions of dollars, and I have no clue. I have them all <laughs> stored in my. Uh, I mostly don't hold any crypto anymore, but I do have anything I did hold in in my uh, Meta wallet and my Ledger Nano mm-hmm. Ledger wallet. So I should check. But That's you know, funny. it's an interesting time to see a lot of these technologies actually exist in a way that could solve a lot of problems. It's just it's easy to say something like we are right here, like, here's the idea. This is probably what needs to change and actually the steps to, to implement it and do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and the implications, like if Apple today was like, you know what guys, we're going to roll out um, any browser that's used on iOS, Safari or otherwise, anything that's downloadable through the app store, which they control entirely. Um, any, we have a whole list of websites and if you try and access TikTok or some media propaganda or porn or whatever, and you're supposed to be over a certain age, you have to be biometrically authenticated before getting access to that web address. Yeah, they can that easily do insane. that. But it's te- technically possible now. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think it should happen, personally. I'm of the opinion that that should happen. This whole 30 years, our entire existence of being able to access whatever we want, mm-hmm. it's fine now that you and I are adults, but the fact that there are 13-year-olds yeah. and 10-year-olds like accessing videos of people like actively at war in another country curated through an algorithm that's owned by and controlled by Chinese communists is insane. To it's me. crazy it's insane. to, that is, that is really interesting when you put it like that, that it's, it's yeah. They're, they're if, if what, how can we stop in, this? Imagine in the sixties and seventies through the Vietnam war, if there was a huge popular TV show slash magazine that was owned by China and North Vietnam accessible to everybody, especially children in the U.S. at that time. It would be banned in a freaking heartbeat. It would not exist. What? Wait, is that Japanese? Continue. Sorry. (laughs) It's the point. I mean, it it never existed. It wasn't a problem because it was never going to be successful financially. No, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the vast majority of people that are on certain social media platforms don't actually, I mean, people still don't realize that Instagram is owned by Facebook. It's like, and that's just a basic. And now Facebook has muddied the waters by changing their name to Meta. And right. I continue to think Facebook is going to just completely plummet their stock value and ability to be the Facebook is just platform. sad. It's just yeah, sad it is. at this point. It really is. It's really <laughs> sad. I Every time I go on there, I'm just like, hmm. And I, I, uh, okay, so bring it back to photography, though. Can I just yeah. point out that um, I never let my Facebook page completely die. I always cross-posted, yeah, uh, mostly an automated cross-post of what I put yeah. on Instagram, but go to my business Same. page. But I would also legitimately interact and engage with people on my business page sure. and continue to do that, even through 
almost zero organic reach. And uh, this year, my reach is spiking a lot. And I don't know if mm. I'm just doing particularly good work, but I'm I'm feeling that Facebook is opening the throttle. Maybe I've mentioned this in another yeah, podcast. Yeah, you did mention this before. It's something that might make sense that they would do if their stock, their ability to generate revenue and their stock market, uh, you know, the stock price value plummeted, which is both of those things have happened now. Yes. Yes. They can just open the throttle to organic reach. And everybody who's like a content creator, if they start to see that organic reach has returned to Facebook, the actual website, not Instagram, Facebook is the website, they'll start posting there again. And they'll sure. pri start prioritizing that as a place to to put their stuff. And um, I mean, the post yeah, I mean, that I that I made the yeah. other day, yeah, it was a it was a particularly strong set of images, but it got a thousand likes on my Facebook whoa. business page, which is like, yeah. whoa, that didn't that hasn't happened that's in a long lot. time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's and it only got nineteen hundred likes on Instagram, so it got half hmm. of what I get on Instagram. That is interesting. Versus on average basically the last five years, I would get maybe like a hundred likes. Um, mm -hmm. It's always tough to know because nobody as a creator, if it's content, like a photo, you literally don't know if it's just, maybe the photo wasn't as good. Maybe it's not as interesting or as strong an, an image. And that's why your reach didn't do well. Yeah. Or maybe it's the math. Maybe it's an adjustment in the algorithm. Like you just don't know. So you can only play by averages. And I'm just putting this out there. On average, I have seen a definite tilt upward in my organic reach on Facebook. So. Well, and this just brings it back to the fact that having one giant company own everyone's likes <laughs> is um, dangerous. I will it's say I, I am absurd. also, it gives me some hope and I like how quickly TikTok sort of exploded. Obviously that was partially fueled by the pandemic. But it was sort of under the radar. It actually had a previous name. It's called like Musically or Musicality or something. They rebranded mm -hmm. and relaunched with a totally different strategy and spent a ton of money on advertising themselves on platforms like the Apple App Store and Facebook. Like TikTok spent so much uh, to launch. And, and that mainstream adoption happened very, very quickly. So why I think that's good is something else could come along in the next two or three sure. years that isn't, sure. you know, owned by a Chinese, uh, or I have nothing against Chinese people. It's the, it's the CCP, you know, the communist yeah. government there, American made could quickly come, come out and, and take the mantle from, uh, Facebook, Instagram, maybe even Google. Uh, and it, and it happened very fast, which I like, yeah. I like that that's possible. Yeah, Assuming they don't get acquired by, you know, right. looking at the dollar signs from the already established players, which right, could which happen. Right, would probably happen. You would think. I mean, you know, Facebook seems like they would have bought TikTok, but they didn't. Mm. They thought they could iterate like they did with Snapchat. Maybe, yeah. And yeah. Not, not bother to buy them and just create the feature as a part of Instagram, just like they're doing with Reels, mm -hmm. and, and be done. and and not have to buy them. But clearly that yeah. hasn't worked. Reels are fine, but it hasn't. No, it hasn't TikTok killed TikTok. Yeah. In any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. These be the crazy times. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I just feels like what's the next thing? What's, what's the next thing? Okay. We've got the pandemic covered. Uh, we've got the recession <laughs> covered. We've got, oh, can I just say, uh, the war. Know, I, I would have thought Spain would be the least likely to adhere to, like mask wearing and, and mm -hmm. it's like general sensibilities and they're, they're really on it. 
here. Good. People were wearing masks excessively, like outdoors, uh, which I'm like, I don't, you really don't need to, but they are. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's really great. quite funny to me uh, in a strange way, not haha, that sure. Spain culturally very like up in your face, close, like of course yeah. I'm going to wear a mask. Very good about it here. So anyway, but so I, <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I was just going to change gears completely. Um, sure. And um, just ask if you've seen the Batman yet. No. What are you talking about? The movie Batman. There's a new Batman. What? <laughs> you're hearing no it idea. here. You're hearing it here first, folks. That Sam doesn't even know that there's a new Batman movie that is out. No idea. The one with How? with Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz. I Matt guess Reeves, I heard a rumor that he was going to be Batman, but I had absolutely no idea. Uh, Who directed it? Matt Reeves. Oh, oh my God. Goodness. Okay, anyway, I'm not going to say anything about it other than oh, I the, loved it. It looks and cool. I, oh, you did? Oh, it's three hours long? Three hours long, and it's every minute of it is awesome. I do. I'm a big it, Robert Pattinson fan. So uh, he's so good, dude. Anyway, I'm not. I, you I'm know, not I did say see a video else. of Colin Farrell uh, talking about his makeup as a penguin, and I was like, "What movie?" I was thinking he's he was penguin in the '90s, and I missed it. So he's in this film. I had no idea. Yes, <laughs> he's okay, great in it. Out. I don't even like Colin Farrell all that much, and he, I loved him in this. Just um, you need you you need to see it, um, and everyone out here needs to see it. It's um, it's really good. It's really good. I'll cue it up. I'm so excited. Right. Is it better than Chris Nolan's? N- it's apples and oranges. It's a different type of movie. It's not really an action movie, um, quite in quite the same way. They are. It's apples and oranges, and I'm not going to say if one or the other is better. But the fact that I even am saying that should tell you that the Batman's really good because I'm not. We don't have another like, Matrix situation going on here, right? In no, I don't think so. Okay, no, thank God. no. Um, <laughs> I still can't but, believe how bad it was. Yeah, I, st- I still haven't seen it a second time, unfortunately. I really want to. My priority now is seeing Batman in, again in theaters. I saw it at the Senator uh, down the street. Dude, okay, Break. let me just... Okay. One second, yep. rant. Um, Go, rant away. Went to the Senator uh, for what was essentially opening night uh, for, for Batman, and it was... People that don't know, the Senator is like a old school Hollywood theater. Like beautiful, like the main room has like the beautiful velvet curtains and it's got like Mm -hmm. really ornate uh, exterior to the building. It's where a lot of movies have premiered. It's Uh, a large theater actually. Um, It is, it's a, it's got a lot of seating uh, for, for an older theater, but yeah, Empire Strikes Back. um, They've got like an Empire Strikes Back uh, plaque on the, um, like they do, they do the whole, um, Hollywood thing of the concrete em- embossment or whatever yeah. for, for movies. Yeah, and they, yeah. they have the people that come in sign the concrete. So it's really cool to see that when you're walking up to see like, you know, things like I think RoboCop or something is out there. So I go into the Senator and it was like a day or two after the mask mandate was like lifted or whatever. I don't know. 10% of the people, maybe 20% of the people in there were, were wearing masks and everybody else was unmasked, just walking right in. Um, <laughs> it's freaking me out. I was double masked and I'm like sitting there. And first of all, this dude like comes in five minutes after the movie starts and like walks in like well after the opening scene had, had finished and he comes in and he like leans over to me unmasked and goes like, oh, what did I miss? 
in like and i'm just like oh god i was like get the fuck away from me um you can smell your like, cigarettes through my i could i literally could smell or... the alcohol yes <laughs> oh and shit. yeah and i was like um and i like sort of told him what the opening scene was i'm like ugh. and then the person next to me was like on his phone like got on his phone ha- like an, an hour in and was like texting someone and i'm like okay and I, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything right now. But like, if this goes on, it was like a couple of minutes and he like put it away. And I was like, fine. And then a person two rows behind me starts coughing, 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 coughing. And I'm like, of course, I don't think that you have COVID. But at the same time, like, stop coughing. Like the, she was coughing for like, I, literally like over a minute, just in oh, the only gosh. person in the whole place that was coughing. And I'm sitting there being like, this is. This is insane. I was like, why am I even here right now? I'm like, this movie is awesome. But like, what if I catch COVID here? And then I give it to my baby. And like, oh, what a lame way to catch COVID. Uh, yeah. Oh, it would be so stupid. And then the dude takes his phone out again. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is happening here? So finally, like he had it out for like, not even 10 seconds. And I like, I tapped him on the shoulder. And I was like, hey, can you put your phone away, dude? And he was like, sure. And I was like, thank you. And he, and he didn't pull it out again. And I was like, God. And then this person starts coughing again 20 minutes later. And I'm like, oh, my God. And that yeah, the was... lack of self-awareness is crazy. And it, it always makes me wonder about other things in life, other interactions that those people go through yeah, uh, that are equally ridiculous. And yeah, or things that I do that I think are totally fine. But I just don't understand how somebody in a movie theater could ever think it's okay to have their phone at max brightness, making no effort to shield it or not disturb others. Mm-hmm. But the coughing thing, especially now, it's like anytime there's a cough, you, you should be doing whatever you can to stifle that shit or get the fuck out. <laughs> like, um, get so, away from me. But people around here are like coughing dude. on the streets too. Like I was walking <laughs> with a photographer in Madrid and some lady like turned and coughed right in, in their face. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Who is not software enough to know that that so should not be one of my anyway. one of my favorite Vanit stories and and if um one one of a, one of my best friends is uh, Vanit and I've talked about him on the podcast here and there but he's a designer in Baltimore anyway one of my favorite stories of Vanit was when he was living in Austin him and his friend Adam were at the movies and Adam they they were at the movies at I think like Alamo Draft House or something it was a big movie that they were watching and it was. Um, there's a very dark theater. This person, like four rows in front of them, like pulled out their phone. Both of them are like super draft house. No, you can't both, both Vanine and Adam as, as I think me and, and you are too. Sam was like really into movies. And I'm like, I can't, he, they were like, I can't deal with this guy. And he kept pulling out his phone. He pulled it out like once or maybe two, two more times. And then he just, he silently just got up, walked all the way down towards him got right next to him and said very loudly hi could you please put your fucking phone away and then and then (laughs) like and walked back to his seat and sat down and the dude just like did not have his phone out again and i just thought that was the best thing i've ever heard in my life i mean you're doing everybody else a favor too like it's annoying everyone uh, crazy <laughs> i just i can't lack of self-awareness but all right um, uh, last anyway. thing to follow up on uh we got some breaking news here because everybody listens to Said this it. podcast for news mm-hmm. russia claims it will stop the war immediately if ukraine agrees to cease military action okay change constitution mm-hmm. to enshrine okay. neutrality 
uh, recognize Crimea as a Russian territory and recognize the Russian-controlled areas of uh, Donetsk and Lunsk as independent states. So it seems like Russia is trying to keep what they've captured. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's going to solve anything. But it's interesting that Russia is signaling giving up uh, to some degree. Oh, no, they're giving them an impossible ultimatum. They're just going to try to draw out the war. That sounds like nothing to me. That's like, okay, do everything we want, and then we'll stop. They're not going to do that. (laughs) They own Crimea, and they own all this stuff. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Well, um, cool. I guess we should stop there. We're almost at an hour. Yep. Well, we didn't get to our our main topic today, but that's okay. Which was? Talking about clients that are upset with a different photographer uh, right. over their photos. Okay, next so episode. We'll, we'll do that soon. We'll do that. Yeah. An email, very emotional email I got from a client who was unhappy with their photos. Uh, I was not their photographer, yeah. and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll yeah. touch base next episode. Uh, totally forgot right. we were going to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> so nice catching up. There's, uh, there's well, lots of other stuff to talk about. So, um, All right, well, uh, talk to you later.